All right, welcome to a special bonus episode of This Isn't Working. I am Sean. And I'm Tiffany. It's been a minute since we've done this, so feeling a little funny, but we're excited to be back. Uh, We've taken uh, a bit of an extended break, and we're going to tell you why. But uh, nothing bad or anything like that. It's been good. It's been a good break. Yeah, it's been good. Um, but we've been, you know, excited to get back into it. So what have you been doing during your break since about December-ish, right? We haven't, we haven't really touched recording since then. It feels like it's been forever. Mainly I've been preparing to travel for work and then traveling for work and then kind of coming off and getting back, uh, to my regular life, uh, which can take some time. Um, So I had a conference in Los Angeles in December that I went to. So I was gone for about a week for that, which is like a very hectic time of year for a conference. It's an annual conference held always in this like early December time frame. And I don't I don't know why they do that. (laughs) Yes. At least you're based on the West Coast now instead of having to travel like hours and hours to get there. Yes. And I was able to book a direct flight, which was so nice. And next year it's going to be in Arizona. So it'll also be, I probably won't get direct, but yeah, I like, I don't have the time adjustment as much and things like that. So I was really grateful for that actually. (laughs) And then my partner had uh, knee surgery planned. He's okay. He's just, you know, recovering from an injury from being an athlete as a, as a, well, for his whole life, really. But personal life has been very focused on that and like taking care of things and making sure that he's good and he's doing really well now. And then in January, I went to India and Nepal for work, which was super fun. Big trip, yeah. Yeah, it was, we were gone for two weeks. So it was a lot of prep and then a lot of doing in that time. But it felt so nice and so just right to be traveling internationally again. I was, it felt like, you know, stretching, you know, these old kind of muscles that I, I hadn't used in a long time. Um, Cause as, as we've talked about a big part of why I took the job uh, when we worked together was because I love traveling as part of my work. I love traveling generally. Um, and I was supposed to get to do quite a bit of that in the role that I had when we worked together. And I never really did anything. I did a little bit Psych. of, <laughs> Really sad domestic travel, but I never got to go yeah. abroad. <laughs> did you go to like Indiana or something? Like yes, nothing, I did. nothing quite as exciting as India. <laughs> yeah, I did get to go to Northern Indiana, which wow. was a great thrill. But <laughs> yeah, so it felt really nice to be in new places again. I haven't had that experience in many yeah. years. After working for a couple years where I did travel a lot for work, where I was going to new places basically every six months. So it was just, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of work, um, but it went really well. And I'm actually, as we're recording this in, you know, mid-February, I'm leaving again tomorrow for a domestic uh, trip, but it's it's just been so nice to get back to travel for work. So that's, you know, in a rather large nutshell, that's what I've been doing. Um, Sean, what have you been up to? Yeah, well, first of all, I love that you're actually traveling again now because I feel like it's something you've been saying you've wanted to do for years. And now that you're actually in a role where you can do it, um, not just in Northern Indiana, that's great. Right. <laughs> yeah, I have not had as exciting of a break uh, in terms of trips or anything like that. Just the normal holiday stuff, you know, it's always a busy time of year, doing yeah. Christmas shopping and then New Year's and this and that. Um, work has not really slowed down, but that's kind of the nature of the work that we do in particular. There's really not a formal downtime. Even our slow times kind of keep going, you know? 
Yeah, it can be a little slower, like, in the summer. And yeah. depending on where you are in the field, that can right. be, like, really quite slow. Or it can just be, like, slower but still pretty busy. For people who work in, like, enrollment-type work, even, yeah, like, even our summers aren't really that slow. Because I remember when I started this job last summer, I was like, oh, it'll probably be pretty easy to get started and get on board is, like, being thrown right into the thick of it. So a lot of changes to my company, refocusing strategy and all this sort of stuff. But um, it's been good because there's, there's literally been no shortage of things to do, which I would rather have be the situation, obviously, in, in these times. Because, you know, even though we've been on break, obviously, we've talked quite frequently about stuff, including keeping up on just what's going on in the labor force, in the workforce, what's going on which in the world. Which has been bananas, yeah. Wowzer. So we had the idea to talk about really Twitter in particular um, yes. towards the end of last year because that's what sort of kicked us off. Elon Musk laying off like half of Twitter's staff when he f- sort of formally took over and became CEO. But we had already had the episodes planned out for the rest of season two. So we're like, eh, let's kind of hold off and maybe we'll make it a bonus episode or maybe we'll just not talk about it. But since then, it's been a little bit up and down, especially towards the end of last year into the new year with a lot of changes in the labor market, namely around layoffs. So that fun times is going to be what we're talking about today because we just can't ignore it anymore. It's 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 too real, I think. <laughs> yeah, and it. Um, I think that a lot of those announcements came as a bit of a surprise, just because those companies are still doing so well for the most. I mean, Twitter's yeah. a totally different story, but the right. rest of the companies, the major companies that announced layoffs, which we'll we'll get into specifics here in a moment but it just it just kept coming like week after week you and i are back and forth texting each other like articles and linkedin updates and things like that seeing like this company laid off x number or this percentage of their workforce and things like that so it's really just been a kind of bizarre time and i'm sure that everyone listening this this episode as i said we're recording in you know mid-february um it'll it'll be out in a couple of weeks probably but uh the labor market, the economy has just been really strange. And I, yeah. I know that our listeners have experienced that and felt that I'm sure of it. The economy generally is, it's just, it's a weird time right now. So on the good side, the national average cost of gas, for example, is down to, and it's weird that we have to be grateful for this <laughs> down to number, $3.45 roughly yeah. um, for a gallon of gas. That's national average. So of course, out here on the West Coast, it's a little bit higher. I was going to ask you, the- what is it where you are? Because where I, I think I got it last week, so this was early February for around 320-ish or something like that. Oh, okay. 325 nice. maybe. But I also oh, live in great. Ohio, so things yeah. tend to be cheaper. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm guessing on both coasts, it's going to be higher. I, I hardly drive, so I hardly get gas. And also uh, in the state where I live, you are not allowed to pump your own gas. You have to That's right. Yeah. Do it, which is my dream because I get very annoyed about pumping gas. It's just yeah. a little pet peeve. So I like, I don't actually pay attention, but I think that it's about 360 or so right now. Um, so a little higher than the national okay. average, which again, being not shocking, um, though. the West Coast makes sense. I also never drive, so we we're probably not the best people to talk about gas prices because this is that was probably the aside from like a road trip that I had uh, taken in January. That's the second time I've gotten gas this year. <laughs> so <laughs> I just don't drive enough to like fuel up the car. Definitely not on a weekly basis. It's usually every two to four weeks, somewhere around three week range. 
if that. Yeah, I feel like we're doing it somewhere in like the every other month range because we also oh live gosh. in a place where <laughs> we can so like less. So walk less. quite a bit. Oh, it's that helps. So, yeah, it's so little. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, my partner isn't yeah. quite at walking speed right uh, now yeah. with his recovery, sure. <laughs> but we live in a place that's it's rather walkable, and so and our grocery store is like five minutes by car so we just like we aren't really going many places. right right <laughs> so we're probably like in every six to eight weeks refill which also is a reason i don't pay a ton of attention to the prices because it doesn't right. impact me as much personally because i am a remote worker but i do know that that has been coming down and that has been helpful for people in terms of their budgets and things like that but the price of eggs has recently shot up in the last several weeks. I I'm mean, so glad we remembered to write this down because I got I went to the store yesterday, okay? And I went I actually went into two stores because one of the stores didn't have everything I needed. Eggs were three dollars and fifty four cents. I wrote it down. And then in the other store they were two ninety nine, so I bought them there. But um yeah, so they're more than the national average in some stores than a gallon of gas, which it was only a few years ago when eggs were like fifty nine cents to a dollar something, you know. Yeah. Uh, for a dozen of just regular for a dozen eggs, not even like brown eggs or free range or cage free or any of that, just standard white refrigerated eggs that we have in the U.S. The price has not come down that much. I know there's like avian flu and there's issues with the supply chain and stuff, but the price is crazy for eggs. Which is uh, also I've seen going to like increase the demand for like personal chickens, <laughs> like, yeah. for people to keep chickens. <laughs> yeah. In my old neighborhood, people did that because they would allow you to do that within the city limits that I lived in. When we lived in Ohio, a lot of people had chickens. Actually, there was a rooster nearby that would sometimes like really serve as the neighborhood alarm occasionally. In for the anyone morning. listening in Ohio or the Midwestern United States, none of this is going to be sounding unusual to you probably right yeah <laughs> i imagine in this area there are also maybe not like my specific neighborhood but just like in the city where i live it's oh probably yeah a, a chicken yes. friendly culture very much so very <laughs> much so. i'm looking right now because we bought we just did a grocery run as well and we buy the we we buy like the the natural cage free eggs, right. which used to not be like a huge cost but those are 450 for a dozen right now they're, regular, they're cheaper than I thought they would have been. But yeah, same. Still. A regular large white eggs, like a generic, the store yeah. brand is two eighty nine. So okay. not bad. Maybe we have in more. Con- in the context of things, it's not bad yet. <laughs> yeah, in the context of things. It's actually tragic, but. Because the regular, you know, white refrigerated eggs, they were like four some. They were almost $5 a dozen uh, by me That's at insane. one point. And I was like, well, I guess I won't be purchasing eggs. Because I do buy them. It's kind of, Most people do. It's a pretty staple item for people to have yeah totally that's why it's always it's one of those markers of like how is the economy doing like how much are eggs yes. gas uh milk and maybe like a loaf of bread it's one like of it, they're those things that people will buy regardless of the price more or less they'll they right they, uh what's it called inelastic demand is the ah the economics term from Ooh, look at I, you i think i remember that from the economics course i took in college I did not take any econ classes, but I'm not an economist. I appreciate so you someone pulling please that correct out of nowhere. <laughs> but the, <laughs> if we the have any economists is, listening, yeah, let us know. <laughs> please do. I think the point of those two examples is that the economy is really weird right now. There's been a lot of layoffs, and most of them have been in tech, or a good chunk of them have been in tech or tech-related jobs. 
Inflation is still pretty high. When we looked the other day, it was around six and a half percent, and that's in February of 2023. We know it peaked at what, like nine or something percent in the fall. Yeah. So it is coming down, but still not great by any means. Obviously, things are just more expensive. We're in a situation where things are not as bad, but they were so bad that not as bad is still bad. Right. The reason that this particular time that we're finding it so strange, and I think most people find it so strange, is because despite all these layoffs, despite the cost of things, unemployment in January is 3.4%, which was the lowest rate since the 1960s. It doesn't make any sense. The labor market is so tight. And I've heard some news personalities explain the reasoning for this. Some have said because there was such a, a challenge hiring people during COVID after that initial round of layoffs in the the early days of COVID, um, people are hesitant to let go. So I'm not really sure what the reason for that is. And wages are still quite high, but they're not keeping up with inflation. No, not So it's a bit of a strange time. I don't know. I mean, this is what, our third recession (laughs) in our lifetime as two people in their early 30s. We had 2008, (laughs) 2020, and then whatever we want to call this, if this is a recession or not. I think we're going to like, again, i economy is uh, beyond me in a lot of ways it's a very like nebulous concept yes yes very much you have to like we all have to like buy into it being real in a certain way and i don't know i just i struggle with it i i think people are going to like look back on this and be like yeah that was a recession but if you call it a recession it's sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy in the moment so we could maybe like collectively as a society right prevent it getting too bad but then we'll like Eventually, things will get better and we'll look back on it and people will be like, yeah, no, that was a recession. It that's what that's what I that think. Way. No, that's a great point because it did feel like the way when it was like 90% of CEOs are predicting a recession in 2023. And now a lot of them right. are pulling back on that statement a little bit because they don't think it's going to be as intense. We might be in for what people have probably heard in the news as like a soft landing, quote unquote, yeah. where we, we, we pull back a lot and the Fed has been increasing interest rates quite a bit, but there's no formal recession, if that makes sense. Yeah. But undeniably, this time sucks. <laughs> it's not fun for, <laughs> right. for anybody, which pulls us back into the kind of layoff side of things. So we've pulled out a lot of examples and we'll tell you where you can track these and sort of where we pulled this information from. But we wanted to walk through some of the most uh, notable companies doing layoffs and then some of the other ones that might be on your radar as well. I think most of these probably won't be too surprising for anyone who even has a very superficial reading of the news. As we were kind of compiling this list, because um, as we said, we've been in touch, obviously, during the break. All of these companies that we're about to share uh, their layoff information about, like, we knew in the moment as those were happening and, like, we talked about them. But, like, summarizing them here with you the other day, I was just, like, struck again by the numbers. Super depressing. Seeing it, yeah. yeah, seeing it all collected in one place was, like, a very – it hit different. It was. It did, especially because – in the context of the economy at large, it's not that many jobs. And I mean, I'm not trying, we don't want to definitely minimize somebody's job, but it's not no. a lot. And some of these numbers are global as well. They're, they're not just in the US. So these are global staff too. Uh, not all yeah, of them. Yeah, because but some these are massive international right. companies that have you know people all over the place. So as we mentioned, Twitter, uh, of course. So 7,500 people that amounted to about 50% of their total staff were laid off. I think that that started, what did we say, late October, early Yeah, October, November. November-ish, yeah. Right. And that's a strange one, as we sort, as Tiffany sort of called out at the beginning, because 
the company's not doing so great overall. <laughs> um, had some hiccups over the last several months. So we wanted to call it Twitter first because it's kind of in a different situation. And it's kind of like what kicked this off. We'll talk a little bit about like why yeah. we think this is happening, like what we've heard and what's going on. But Twitter was notable because... Again, it's in a slightly different uh, like profit revenue situation than the others, but it also is like really what got the ball rolling on this whole trend. Right. So Microsoft was another big one. They laid off 10,000 staff. Crazy number. But in the context yeah. of Microsoft, not that many. <laughs> Amazon laid off 18,000 workers. And that was 1.2% of their staff. It makes sense looking back. And we could spend hours going into company by company and what the situation was. But they had sunk a bunch of money into Rivian, that electric car company that wasn't doing as hot as they anticipated. They thought it was going to be like the next Tesla. And it's just really not working out to be that way. Shocker. Oh. But I also wanted to backtrack for a moment. 18,000 people is only 1.2% of their staff. And a lot That's of those were, really were corporate roles. So, you know, your Amazon delivery drivers and you know, warehouse staff weren't as affected, but 1.2%, 18,000 people. That's nuts. That's insane. Like, that's not a lot of staff to lay off in general by percentage-wise. Obviously, by numbers, percentage, that's absurd. Yeah. That just shows you what a behemoth of a company Amazon is. I wonder if that, I, I don't know for sure. I don't remember. Do you know if that was, like, across all of Amazon's, uh, I, I don't know what the word would be, but, like, across all of their businesses, like, not just like oh, the shopping yeah. aspect of things, but they've got the so. like web services. I think was affected and movies and TV and stuff too. Like oh, was it across stuff? all of that? I don't know about that. I feel like I heard something about Amazon Web Services being affected, that which is familiar. like their cloud computing division or whatever. Yes, that's right. Um, but I'm not sure. That's a good question about their other because they do have a lot of different businesses, and I mean they just started that pharmacy online business you may have seen recently it's like Ooh, five dollars yeah. a prescription or whatever that freaks me out it does freak me out a little bit as well that'll probably be a whole episode as well yeah maybe if we have enough you know to talk about or if new things come out because that i have a lot of feelings about that <laughs> yeah just do an antitrust episode like it's the 1920s um <laughs> that's a good question i think that's also a global number as well so i think that affects yes. not just u.s amazon employees but still it's a lot of people, and even though it it's a relatively, in comparison to the, their staff at large, it's pretty small, but 18,000 people is a lot of people to lay off. A lot of people. Okay, our next big one was Meta, with 11,000 workers laid off, uh, which is 13% of their staff. Yeah, yeah. And that, of course, would be across, I, I think the vast majority was Facebook, but that could yeah. be across uh, Instagram, uh, WhatsApp. Their right. Whatever um, virtual reality they're trying to create to Oculus, make Mark Zuckerberg theirs? so fun. Um, oh, that own, might be it. I think they own Oculus or Microsoft. I can't remember. But we'll talk about that more in a minute. But yeah, Meta lost, shed, or shed, I should say, a lot of employees. Most of those employees, if not all of them, were hired during the pandemic, though. And then another big one was Salesforce, which laid off 10% of their staff, a total of nearly 80,000 global employees. So about 8,000 staff total yeah. were laid off. Yeah, one of those tech darling companies that was, that one surprised me in particular. Let's move into the profits that these companies made last year. Net profit, by the way, not just total revenue, except for Twitter, because we couldn't quite suss out that one. And part of the reason for that is um, since Twitter has been delisted as a publicly traded company, it's a little bit 
more confusing to look at what their revenue financial situation is. So we found that they did $4.4 billion in revenue last year, so it's 2022. But everything that we researched indicated they don't appear to be profitable at the moment, which I, I think sounds right. I mean, I don't know if Elon Musk has come out and said that, but he was like, yeah, it's a disaster. It's a, a, a train wreck. But their ad revenue has like plummeted. Microsoft, so again, they laid off 10,000 staff. They made $68 billion last year. And when I first was looking that up, it was like 190 some billion. I was like, how, how? How? But that was their like gross revenue. That was like before expenses. I was like, okay, now things are making more sense. <laughs> yeah, that that was a, a big eye popping number still. Yeah, sixty eight billion is still a lot. That's 68 a lot billion of dollars, billion. Sixty eight billion dollars, yeah. I yeah. I wanna I think we said this before on the podcast, but I wanna pull back and call out how big a billion is. Like oh, yes. it's almost impossible for us to conceptualize it in our day to day lives. But like we think about a million, which is still a lot, but a billion is an absurd number and to have 68 of them is even more absurd it's more it's an unholy amount of money that no one entity or person should have in my very humble opinion yes and i think that this is the specific like context we put it in for people but i will mention it again so a million seconds one million seconds is 12 days a billion seconds is 31 years. Yeah, it's just, there's no comparison. So we talk about millionaires versus billionaires. It's like a, the, a whole different conversation. It's honestly, yeah, it's apples to oranges because they're just, they're on such massively different scales. Yeah. And it's hard, it's hard to conceptualize that. But keep keep that in mind as you're thinking. 12 days versus 31 years. So then we move into Amazon they lost $2.722 billion. And apparently this is the first time that they've, the first year they've lost money since around 2014, which if you recall, sometime around that early 2010s was also one of the first years they became profitable because they were really unprofitable for really like many, many years. Yes, I do remember that. A lot of that loss is due to the Rivian situation I referenced before. They sunk a ton of money into electric car companies. And you may even notice that some, in my neighborhood, I've noticed at least anyways, some of their delivery trucks are Rivian trucks. Um, they're electric really? trucks. Yeah. So they're starting to roll them out, but it's just not a super profitable company at this moment. Meta slash Facebook. They made $23 billion last year, which is so much money for a social media site that people our age at least and younger typically don't use religiously still a lot of money but also again that covers instagram whatsapp all their other sort of sub businesses uh yeah not just the actual facebook site the metaverse the metaverse yes and then <laughs> salesforce uh we found that they made 278 million dollars so in comparison to these other guys not a whole lot but still a massive chunk of change and again this is net profit so this is after they've paid their employees and after this and that, um, after their, you know, expenses, this is what, you know, the business is made after the fact. So they're extremely profitable businesses. Amazon, even though it had a not so great year, obviously still a pretty successful business. <laughs> right. And they have a lot of revenue streams that they're yes. dabbling in. So some other layoff announcements that we thought were pretty important, not maybe as quite as big as those companies that we just went through, Twitter, Microsoft, Amazon, Salesforce, Meta, but some other uh, companies that you'll definitely recognize and that maybe 
had a bit of an upswing during the pandemic for various reasons because of what the organizations do uh, or sell or offer. So others that maybe aren't on your radar as much, but that were pretty indicative to us of kind of where and why this trend is happening. Vimeo laid off 11% of their staff. Stitch Fix, 20% of salaried staff. TikTok had layoffs, but they, of course, did not share those numbers. That surprised me, by the way, that TikTok laid people off. Just as side. Yeah. I was also surprised to hear that. I was not surprised to find that they did not disclose. Right. (laughs) But the fact that they did have to or chose to do layoffs was pretty interesting. Crypto.com laid off 20% of staff. And as we know, they're not doing so hot. There's a lot going on in crypto in general. (laughs) (laughs) A lot going on in the crypto world. As a side note, something I was thinking about before we got on this morning we're recording this on Super Bowl Sunday, and if anyone watched Super Bowl last year, there were a ton of crypto ads for various crypto companies. I kind of don't think we're going to see a lot of those today. <laughs> I was thinking about that too. Obviously, there's a lot going on with FTX in particular, but all these other crypto organizations like Crypto.com that you just referenced, I'm not surprised to see layoffs. And obviously, lawmakers are starting to scrutinize the industry a lot more. Uh, it's getting getting a little messy out there. <laughs> What a difference a year makes because wasn't I'm last year's Super Bowl also it was in Crypto.com Arena or something. Some, they were some I'm sort of a, sponsor. Of some, I'm not a sports girl, other. but it's, it's going to be pretty quiet, no, I think. For I can't crypto. imagine. Yeah, I can't imagine. I actually watched the Super Bowl last year mainly because I was uh, staying with my parents and the Bengals were in it. And, you know, we're a, we're a Bengals family in so much as I am a, a sports person at all. Fair. <laughs> By default, <laughs> Bengals. I remember um, a lot of the commercials had QR codes. Yeah. And like that's sometimes right. the commercial was just basically like branding and a QR code. And for some of, and they, they were all. I crypto. scanned one last year. I scanned one. I remember that. Yeah. I didn't wild. scan any. I was, I was like, I don't want, I don't want my they're devices. tracking me. Don't worry. They're, I'm sure they're not tracking you any more than your iPhone or Google or. Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or anything else, that, or just, you know, the government is tracking Right. <laughs> if you're listening, FBI agents, you're probably bored. Anyway, yeah, um, yeah so that was like, especially because one. as you pointed out, we are uh, recording on Super Bowl Sunday, like what a difference a year makes. No kidding. We'll have to record on Super Bowl Sunday next year and see what's changed in the last year as well. Oh, yeah, that would be fun. We'll have a Super Bowl tradition. That'll that'll be my Super Bowl tradition. This will be yeah. <laughs> I'll just use it as an excuse to to like drink and eat buffalo chicken dip. <laughs> I love that for you. <laughs> Let's see, yeah, we have Vox Media. Um, they most people have probably heard of Vox, but they ha- they're like a media conglomerate as well, not unlike the CNNs and Foxes of the world. But they've laid off seven percent of their staff, which is a decent amount for them, I'd say. Probably a good good few hundred people. IBM was another one. They laid off 3,900 people, which is only 1.4% of their staff. But again, they're they're like an old tech company. How is they're IBM not like... still a company in general is my question. <laughs> no offense I, to IBM. I, just... I think they do like one. Th- this is, again, not my area of expertise. They do like, they have always done like one thing, like the best. And that just keeps them going decade after decade. Which is, like if you think about IBM and it was the tech company, Mm. 3,900 people is only 1.4% of the staff. They have to be doing something right. Yeah, um, But absolutely. I just, when we saw that, we're just like, huh, IBM, 
cool. <laughs> like, I think I had family members work for IBM in like the late 90s or early 2000s, Probably. which makes sense, you know, for the, the timing. But yeah, anyways. that was like cutting edge. Yeah, I think they probably still make, I think there's actually IBM um, like PowerBooks, like laptops. Um, I can't oh, remember yeah. though. But yeah, IBM, that's a company that still exists, laid off 3,900 people. Uh, Spotify was certainly a company that we recognize, one that I personally use uh, on the daily. They laid off 600 people. So yeah. one of the smaller total quantities of layoffs, but we weren't I, able they to didn't find share the percentage a percentage. Of, yeah, yeah, I'm not. I would imagine it's a pretty large company or organization because it's so global. I would think so. Yeah. Um, but I'm not sure I mean, how many. Europe and North America, but people yeah. they employ but they did it i feel like it was enough to announce it and so that's that's what tells me it's significant snap inc um makers of snapchat the app and i don't know if they dabble in anything else but that's their main thing uh they laid off 1200 people which amounted to 20 percent of their staff so one of our higher percentages and that i was actually surprised by the number of people they employed like that's a lot of people in general. Yes, it is. For a social media app that I don't know how widely uses, I have it. I can't remember last time I it's sent It's very Snapchat. popular with Gen Z. Is it? Okay. Yeah. It was popular with millennials for a good minute there as well. We used to all use it. I still use it, but I use it exclusively to send like stupid videos and pictures that like people wouldn't want to save or keep. Right. Okay. Or just like updates. Like I have friends that I'll do like, I want to tell them a story, but it's like, it would be better to hear it than like text it all out. And so I'll, I'll like record myself sending them basically like a personal video message. That makes sense. Um, so that's how I use it as a not super social media millennial. But I know that it's like it's way more popular with Gen Z. Disney, that was another big one. They laid off 7,000 people. That was pretty recent. Yeah. And they also um, just had a... Well, a, a a new old CEO, right? Yeah, Bob Iger's back as CEO of Disney. Yeah, and I heard that they he's kind of like really separating the company into like three, not like three separate entities, but like he's organizing it as like three major branches. It's like the entertainment aspect, which includes like parks and movies and TV and streaming and Disney Plus and all that, and then there's like the or maybe it's maybe Parks is with like the merch, but there's like a merch branch, like products. And then ESPN is like its own thing. Yeah, I think they own ABC as well. They do. Yeah. So they, they got a lot going on. That must be in their entertainment side of things then, I guess. Boeing, plane makers, 2000 staff. Most of them were corporate from what I understand. And it was a weird time because they've also retired the 747. They no longer make it. Uh I just I just was reading about that the other day. They have new aircraft coming out, obviously, but their iconic seven forty seven that's been around for decades and decades uh, has now been retired. Right. So those were just a handful of companies. There are literally dozens and dozens, if not creeping into the hundreds more, uh, that have done layoffs. Some we didn't recognize, to be perfectly yeah. honest. Most of them we we definitely have heard of or have an idea of what they do. But these are some of the more famous companies. But when we were talking about this. One company stood out, and that was Zoom. This wasn't actually too shocking. So Zoom cut 1,300 staff, which is about 15% of their workforce. And we know that a lot of people are being asked or forced to return to office. So I'm not shocked mm -hmm. to see Zoom kind of have to adapt in this new, weird, hybrid world. Yeah. yeah. Situation could be worse. They are providing affected employees with four-month severance, continuing health benefits, and their annual bonus. 
The CEO is taking a 98% pay cut this year and he's foregoing his annual bonus. We will call out though that his primary compensation is not cash compensation. So he's taking like a 98% cash compensation reduction. So it's like, it's not, he's not really losing anything. Yeah, it sounds um, a little more like sacrificial and generous than yeah. it is. Yeah. Their stock went up upon announcing the layoff. So he actually got richer when he announced it. Oh, you love to see it. Right. And they also made $1.37 billion last year in net profit. So they're not exactly hurting. As this this is updated daily, by the way. So LinkedIn updates it daily um, on their layoff tracker. Layoffs.fyi is a big one. And then one that you have been um, keeping up with as well is Wall Street Journal, right? Yeah, they had a really interesting um, slideshow kind of article uh, that talked about a lot of those big companies that we mentioned, how many layoffs there were, why there might have been layoffs and the profits and things like that. So that one, that particular article was really uh, helpful as we were preparing for this. Yeah. So we'll put some links in the show notes about where you can keep up with these. I think LinkedIn is honestly the best resource yeah they updated quite quickly and they like for me it's always like in the trending or like noteworthy topics or whatever so like i don't even yeah yes and you can even like um search or whatever for specific companies or amounts or something if you're like didn't i hear that this company did layoffs you can confirm it on linkedin which is layoffs.fy is also really good it's just a bit more involved so if you're trying to just get superficial information, just the LinkedIn bullet point page is super handy as well. The profits and layoffs, sort of like that data side by side, just kind of leaves us questioning. It's a little gross, yeah. And that's what really what we think is behind it, more or less, is the summary sentence is businesses overhired during the pandemic, and now workers are paying for the price for poor C-suite decision-making. So, I mean, you don't hear a lot of CEOs or C-suite level executives taking responsibility in a meaningful way. Like, yeah, Mark Zuckerberg's like, yeah, I overhired. That's my bad. But nothing happened to him. (laughs) And yeah, it's his company. But also, now you're just taking it out on your workers. Right. That's my bad. And now 11,000 workers are out of a job. Right. Just to reiterate, a lot of these companies that have conducted layoffs are extraordinarily profitable still. But they're not as profitable as their shareholders want them to be. So that's essentially where these cuts are coming from. Yes. It's frustrating because I get it from like a mathematical standpoint, but I also hate everything about it, if that makes sense. (laughs) Totally. I know that these kinds of like, I don't want to reduce these um, decisions and everything to just layoffs and profits and everything like that because i know that there's more that goes into these decisions than just like those two numbers but i also like i don't want to defend these giant corporations that are making massive profits that are not our style to do that (laughs) leaving individuals um you know with with no security no source of income no no job and a difficult potentially a difficult market to try to get back into since all these layoffs are happening we also talked about how Uh, Twitter was like the first company to like publicly announce this like massive layoff plan. And a lot of what I've heard uh, on like from takes about this phenomenon, this episode that we're going through with all these layoffs is that a lot of companies will hold off even if they want to do that to increase their profits and appease their shareholders. But if one company 
is like, oh, we're quietly just going to lay off all these people. A bunch of other companies will take that as a green light to be like, ah, us too, uh, this many, uh, this many over here. For the exact same reason as this company. Yeah, the mea culpa. Because that has been the public CEO statement. Like, we overhired during the pandemic, our bad. And that's kind of been it, you know? Um, Yeah, and then everyone gets like a blanket excuse to um, to do that for their own company. And I want to just take a minute to kind of point out as we're looking at these corporations that are making these choices and trying to appease and profit and benefit their shareholders. If you're not familiar with uh, B Corps, definitely take a moment to learn about them. I try when and where I can to like support Uh, certified B Corps. I'm going to read sort of their own definition here. B Corp certification is a designation that a business is meeting high standards of verified performance, accountability, and transparency on factors from employee benefits and charitable giving to supply chain practices and input materials. But um, one of the things that's really important is that they aren't really beholden to their shareholders in the way that non-B Corps are. So they are made to kind of benefit their workers uh, in order to maintain this certification. So if you see their emblem is like it's a capital B inside of a circle and there's like a little just like a line under it. Um, Look into that and try to support B Corps where you can. They're basically socially responsible companies. But when they say they're socially responsible, it's not meaningless like it is for a lot of companies. And they do it. They have to meet these uh, standards um, voluntarily. So they have to meet high standards for social and environmental performance, and they're opting into it. They want the certification, so they make sure to earn and maintain it. Do you have a couple examples off the top of your head by any chance? Or ones that you've used in the past, maybe? Okay, so some uh, B Corps that I try to buy from, Uncommon Goods is a website that sells just like home and oh, gifty things yeah, and I stuff think... like that. They're the first place I check when someone has a birthday or like around Christmas time because nice. they support like small scale artists, but it's just like a, it's like a marketplace for them to sell their, their goods. Um, mm-hmm. So you can get some really unique stuff there, which is really nice. And they're B Corp certified. Bombas, they make socks. They have like a one for one policy. Like you buy a pair of socks and they donate a pair of socks to um, like a homeless shelter. Uh, so that's really nice. United by Blue is another good company. Tentree uh, for kind of like loungy and outdoor apparel and accessories. So like mm-hmm. backpacks and things like that. Cotopashi is another good one. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, but they are a Patagonia type of company. Patagonia mm-hmm. is another mm-hmm. uh, really well-known B Corp. The Body Shop for like personal products, you know, uh, body sprays and lotions mm-hmm. and face stuff and everything. They're B Corp certified. Tom's, as you mentioned, is a certified B Corp. Ben and Jerry's, if you're into ice cream and want to do a little bit of good, Ben and Jerry's is a great option for you. Um, so there are lots of B Corps out there. You can look for the logo on their products or their websites. Or if you are in need of something and you're about to like Google, like, where can I find this thing that I need? Include B Corp in your search and see if you can support a company doing some good. For sure. That takes us to really where we think 2023 is going. So we're at the, the front end of it here. And I think it's going to be a little messy this year, unfortunately. Yeah. I think the labor market will continue to be tight, but there's definitely going to be more layoffs coming. There, It's like a daily thing. It's, a, it's inevitable at this point. I wonder how long that will happen. Like, I wonder if that's going to be like, it was a very like 
Q4 2022 right. situation. So I wonder if like people will try to get all their layoff announcements out in Q1. That way they're not like hope so. <laughs> a straggler and announcing layoffs when other companies are like done. So I don't, I don't know. I, I hope yeah. so as well. Yeah. I don't know. I think the only silver lining is what we mentioned before where they had a really difficult time hiring people, you know, right after the initial layoff period in the pandemic, when they're like, Oh God, now we're experiencing insane growth. We need to hire as many people as possible. So I think the, number of layoffs is going to not be quite as catastrophic as like a 2008 recession situation. It's not going to be great. No recession or layoff situation is, but a bit of a bit of cautious optimism there. Um, And as I mentioned before, because the capital markets where people raise money to start businesses are so limited right now, a lot of businesses, including startups in particular, um, may fail if they have to become profitable much faster than they were thinking they would have to be. Um, yeah. so it's, it's just going to be a really weird, messy year for a lot of things that are out of control of us as employees. It's really like, there's, there's a lot of economic winds that are shifting potentially in favor of the employers, much as that pains me to say. Yeah. We don't, we don't love that. Don't love that. But the, the employee Renaissance honeymoon may not be over, but, um, the pendulum may swing, be swinging back in the other direction a little bit here with. More companies ordering return to office. Oof, yeah. We're seeing a lot, a lot of that. Also, every week we're passing each other articles about how, like, clearly planted by some corporation about how really employees want to return to the office. Like, it's so weird, but they definitely should just go ahead and uh, do that. And we don't believe a single one of those. There was an article a week or two ago, and it was like, Employees actually love commuting because it's that's the time they get back to really process the day. I was like, no. That article made me so mad. Sorry, when I was commuting and my commute was like five minutes, I was like, should I just drive into this ditch now or should I? I like it was a five minute car journey and I was thinking this the like I just want to be home. I don't even want to or going into work. I was like, this is the last place I want to be going. It's so. It's so tone deaf to say that like workers really need the commute back because that's their like wind down time. That is a non-solution to an existing problem. But the solution is actually like that employees need to be able to wind down and disconnect from work by things we've said in the past. If they work from home, it's helpful to have a separate workspace. If you don't have the space for that, take a walk, go around your block, do a little, uh, you know, stretch or play with your dog or something like do something that does allow you to disconnect from your workday. And don't be an employer that is constantly emailing and calling and blah, 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 expecting answers after hours. We work in an industry where sometimes that does happen just because we work with people across you know, like all time zones. Right, right. And sometimes you have to be available or if something is urgent and it's someone's work morning, but it's your like relaxing evening. Sometimes those choices just have to be made. But we also uh, work for organizations that are really flexible with our time and allow that to go both ways. But if you're working for a company that is a strict like let's be honest, eight to five uh, kind of organization and there really isn't a need. And especially if there's no reciprocation on your time being flexible, um, that's just not going to let your employees relax. So if they have to commute, it's not going to help. No, it doesn't help at all. And I think 
it's funny because we're starting to hear some grumblings of people being like remote employees are going to be the first to go. And I think there's some truth to that. Luckily, you and I both work for companies that are fully remote. Right. Um, so that's not really as much of a concern for us. But I was just thinking, if, God, if I had to commute again, I, I mean, I think about how little we fuel up our vehicles. Can you imagine? I know. I was just going to say, think of how much we'd spend in gas. <laughs> yeah. No, for real, realistically, that's that's a very real thing. And that's another thing, too. This year, inflation's probably going to come down, continue to come down, but it's still going to hit people hard because corporations are padding their pocketbooks with these record profits, for one. And they're part of the reason that inflation is so high because they're raising prices and taking advantage of the situation. Right. So hopefully, it'll, it, it sh- I anticipate it getting a bit better, but I think it's still going to be a, a bit of a messy year. And then next year, we have a presidential election. So it's just the next two years are going to be a bit oh, of a trend, God. probably. <laughs> I'm not mentally ready for that no, i always let's say just that get like this here first i guess <laughs> again i am i am not a sports person but i do like the olympics and okay. I like the world cup i mean yeah. the world cup is like very corrupt and i have feelings about that but as a general rule i'm like down to tune in every f- like two to four years right, <laughs> for right. a sporting event <laughs> and that's about like my happy pace but i feel like i'm still like hung over from the last like six elections yeah. that have taken yeah. place and I'm just not mentally ready for... I get why people are jaded with politics and especially in the US yeah and this year is not going to be any better I know if, it'll probably actually be worse now that our government is split but that is a Ooh, conversation so for another time <laughs> <laughs> yes so 2023 predictions uh, hopefully things will chill out a little bit but we're not really anticipating huge um, improvements I yeah, guess it's not going to be a gravy train by any means a good way to summarize yeah so um, I would love to be wrong I would love for everything to God, just be so, yeah. great and lovely and for people to be able to afford eggs again yeah but we will see we will so that brings us to the end. So get ready for season three. You can listen to some of your favorite season one, season two episodes. We don't have a formal kickoff date, but it's coming very soon now that we're getting back into recording. We have 10 episodes planned for season three, and we're pumped because, as we kind of indicated this episode, work has changed a lot in just the last few months since we finished season two. So a lot to talk about in season three, a lot coming. Definitely feel free to reach out to us on social media if you have questions, comments, concerns. Um, or ID episodes, things you'd like to hear us talk about. Otherwise, we'll see you for the kickoff of season three um, in the very, very near future. Yeah, give us a follow at NotWorkingPod. Rate, review the show if you can. It helps people find us as you hear on every podcast you listen to. It actually is true. And we will see you for season three. (laughs) 